girls and tune your transistors to Two Girls, One Podcast, a weekly audio transmission that brings you the latest and the greatest news about extinct mammals from the Pleistocene age. This week, Mastodon. Does tusk size really matter? And would it win in a fight against a saber-toothed time being told? Mastodon is also the name of an open-source, decentralized social network on, I'm reading here, the internet. Big if true. And now here are your hosts who have also recently gone open source by uploading their DNA to GitHub, Allison Goldberg and Lindsay Ford. Yo, yo, what's up? I'm Lindsay. I'm Allie. And we are the two girls on this one podcast where we talk about interesting and odd communities on the internet. Woo! <laughs> Tiniest <laughs> woo for ourselves. Um, today Ooh. we are looking at um, something everyone's talking about lately. We just thought we'd jump on in. <laughs> To the fray, uh, I don't know if you've heard, but Elon Musk, uh, he bought Twitter. I don't know if you heard. <laughs> you know, I don't know if you knew uh, there there were better things he could have done with that money. Like end world <laughs> hunger. He literally could have ended world hunger with $45 billion. Truly. Whew. It's interesting that a dick so tiny could get so in the way. I mean, who knows if his dick is tiny? Because he does have 3,500 children. So it's like... Wait, is that... Tiny dick he does can ejaculate. You know, mm. he has like he's he's close to Nick Cannon level of of number he's of children. He's got a lot of offspring. He's got a okay. lot of them. It's funny with all the news about him that has graced, and I'm not saying I'm a keep up with it, but like I've never heard that. Oh, he had like a secret baby with an executive. Although I think he really needs to learn how secrets work. Like I I've heard about the scandals and the payoffs of like oh this woman that woman but like I I did not know about the children like he's got a lot of kids it like seriously it's like many. him and Nick Cannon they're famous for just making a lot of babies I love these idiots who think that population decline is a problem when the world is overpopulated no they just want they just want to have more of their own progeny it's like oh i know but they say he, he talks a lot about how he thinks population decline is a huge problem it's like for what well, i mean it's it, that's an interesting topic because i think there are very smart people and economists who are like oh shit if we don't have babies enough babies like in this time period there won't be enough humans to like you know do jobs or right. buy products Capitalism. for some length of time which in our current shitty capitalist world would be very bad like there are arguments why like that's a bad right. i just think situation. let's acknowledge that those arguments are about capitalism and For other sure. arguments are about life climate collapse yeah <laughs> yes. yeah yes. like literal yes. living but that's like where we are of like we have to there there see we were we need some sort of like massive co correction which might be like population of people need to starve to death <laughs> before we can get shit back on the rails and that's not well, cool. that, that's already no. happening. Sure. Yeah. I mean, that's what I mean. It's like we're headed for that. Like, 
The human race won't go away, and the Earth doesn't give a shit how hot it is, but lots of people will die from war and famine. This is a comedy podcast. Is everyone yeah, having right. a good time? I mean, this all started because Elon Musk has double digits of children. So <laughs> that, that's, that's what I'm hearing. He's single-handedly ruining Twitter and the planet. And as he does that, we need to find some other way to communicate with each other. I just don't know if he's ruining Twitter. I want to believe it, but I'm really harping on the fact that I don't know if he is. However, today's episode is about the fact that I feel like everywhere I look, people are like, Mastodon, Mastodon, Mastodon. And like, what is Mastodon? If you asked me yesterday, I'd have been like, I don't know, maybe some kind of band? Pretty good name for a band. Oh, yeah, it, I agree with that. There's a band called Mastodon? Yes. Cool. Do they have dinosaurs on their t-shirts? Um, no, Mastodon is not a dinosaur. It's an Ice Age mammal that was hunted to extinction by early humans. Great. Obviously. I thought it was a dinosaur. But it's kind of like a snuffleupagus, right? Yeah, honestly, you weren't that far off, Lindsay. I, I think you're I crushing it. I, it's like something like that. It's 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 it looks like a snuffleupagus, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, sure, hundred percent. Thank you. See, I know stuff. I love the Natural History Museum. Do you want to know a funny story? Of course, Always. I do. I had the privilege of visiting the set of Sesame Street when collaborating with them uh, for various projects, and we were getting a tour, and we were walking around. But it's just the coolest. They're just truly the coolest thing ever. And um, our friend who worked there at the time was like, Hey, uh, just, um, just look up. And we like, it's a massive soundstage and you look up and Snuffleupagus is suspended from the ceiling because that's the only place they can store the the costume. So you, we looked up into the air and it was just Snuffy's feet like Mm. hanging down above us. I love it so much. Oh my God. (laughs) I would just snuggle with him so much. Yeah. Yeah. But he was too high up. Couldn't reach him. It happens. It happens. Lindsay can't reach a lot of things. So she relates. That's. mm, Oh my God. Allie, how does it feel being two inches taller than the shortest person everyone knows? (laughs) (laughs) This is why I have to sass you all the time. You're like, this is where I can do this. This is it. I love it. Also, I, I, I sidebar, I met um, Timothy Simons, who plays Jonah on Veep, and he is six foot five. Oh and my I gosh, I love him. Tiny. He, <laughs> where did you meet him? So he and Matt Walsh were guests on an upcoming project that I will yes. one day announce. Amazing. Well, I love I have Matt to Walsh. Say, oh my God, in addition to being so talented, they were so kind and delightful and friendly and like, Tim would like not stop asking me questions about my family. And then I felt uncomfortable. I was like, why are you asking me so many questions about myself? (laughs) (laughs) They were just unbelievable. And I need to deal with my own imposter syndrome where I was just like, I can't believe they're here. Like, I'm not funny. I need to go to therapy. But anyway, um, (laughs) he's tall, you guys. He's like really tall. tall. (laughs) Yeah. And Matt Walsh is tallish too. I mean, he's he's he's... also tall. He looks normal next to Tim. It's so funny. He doesn't he doesn't present as tall. But he is actually. Yeah, they were really wonderful and uh, very tall. <laughs> for, for Veep fans, I was like, where is my titanium reinforced wooden crate? You know, <laughs> truly a top 10 very comedy good. show of our time. Like a brilliant, Next brilliant show. Next to this one. <laughs> yeah, yes, correct. <laughs> right. It's, it's Veep, uh, Breaking Bad, and then Two Girls, One Podcast. Do you think Breaking Bad is a comedy? No, I don't know. Interesting. Interesting. I just, that was the first show that came. Like, what's a good show? I've never good even seen shows. it. What's a good show? <laughs> yeah. The truth. I don't, I don't know. Is that to be honest? I've got people telling me it's good. I don't know. Elon Musk tweeted that it's good so i'm sure it's right i'm sure that's I'm right sure yeah. it is oh my gosh 100 well speak of the devil we are going to talk more about elon musk less about his children 
and more about what we're going to do if and when he destroys Twitter. But first, Matt, do you have some trivia for us? Yeah, I surely do. Wonderful. Today, we are talking about Macedon which is a decentralized social community platform. Uh, I'm eager to learn about it because I know some things and there's other things I'm like, I don't don't really understand this. This name, as I mentioned, comes from an Ice Age mammal that used to roam uh, this very land that we call North America. Uh, But most scientists uh, agree and understand that it was hunted to extinction by prehistoric humans about 10,000 years ago. Uh, This is back when humans were just wandering around you know, we, we didn't hadn't figured out farming yet, so we were just hunting and gathering, as you do. There was a cousin of the Mastodon, which we, of course, know as the Woolly Mammoth. Two different creatures, but clearly both elephant-like uh, creatures. Uh, they're related, obviously, genetically. Also hunted to extinction by humans. I don't know if we should be naming uh, social networks after, like, things we've destroyed. <laughs> I think it's kind of like a warning. Like, look yeah, at what perhaps. we're doing. Perhaps. <laughs> Are we going to hunt the internet to extinction? Probably. Probably. Perhaps. Uh, but before they were gone, humans, early humans, uh, used the ivory from these creatures, their, their giant tusks, for a lot of stuff, including art. In 1939, archaeologists in Germany found a mammoth tusk that had been turned into an ivory carving, which we have sort of uh, carbon dated back to 35 to 40,000 years ago. That means that this artifact, this singular artifact that was found in this German cave uh, is currently the single oldest statue ever created by humans. And by statue, they are categorizing that it's not like a giant rock or a monolith or a Stonehenge. That means like figurative art, like someone carved this tusk into something you would recognize Perhaps that was a human or perhaps a Neanderthal, which is our genetic cousins, somewhere in Europe. And this singular artifact is the oldest known statue in the world. And it's very expressive and very interesting to see. It's now on display in the German city of Ulm, U-L-M. Hopefully I'm saying that right. I've been there. Oh, my God. I've been to Ulm. Ulm. Okay. Thank you for... Have you seen it? Have you seen this artifact? Come on. No, I I mean, I haven't. Get it together. Do your research. I was a child. I was like 16. You should have known. It might not have even been there yet. It's the oldest thing ever. It was no, interesting. It wasn't in the, the oldest Ulm thing. museum, though. It was there. Yeah. Okay. I'm just, I'm just, I don't know why I'm doing this. Today's question is, what is depicted by the oldest statue known to science? Mm. Humanity? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, is mm-hmm. it A, a man with the head of a lion? Or is it B, a large-breasted woman with no head? Headless breasts. C, a tiny mammoth carved in the image of the original mammoth from which it was taken? Or is it D, a spectacularly erect penis? Well, D, and thank you for making that one option D. I see what you did there. Of course, obviously. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Wow, 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 wow. Uh, Is is it just the penis or is it a man with the penis? I'm quoting here from my own trivia question, Mm -hmm. uh, a spectacularly erect penis. Penis. That's all I can add. That's all I can say. All you can say. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we don't know if it's attached to the man. We just. I'm gonna say based on this description, simply the penis. Just the penis. Okay. 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 Interesting. It seems like 
boobs and dicks have been the fascination of humanity since the dawn of time. Yeah. Seen a lot of statues of those. Yeah, a lot of ancient civilizations were into dicks, so. Yeah, I mean, and it's like fertility statues, supposedly, but we know y'all are just, you know, playing with dicks and boobs. We get it. They're fun to play with. Okay, Allie, Allie picked the dick, so I'm going to pick the boobs. Okay, I think that's that's B, B for boobs. a strong strategy. Oh my god, B for boobs. I didn't even <laughs> intend to do that. Thank you. We will find out what the oldest statue in the known universe looks like after this important message. We would like to thank the following Patreon supporters who have donated to our show at the $10 or more level, making sure that we do not go extinct. Thank you to Wesley Cordell, Jerry Duran, Jessica Fox, Kathy Phillips, Matthew Scott, Melissa Elliott, William, Jessica Kybell, Ken M, and Kelsey Murray. Thank you very, very much. We appreciate you. And if you are feeling a little jealous and would like us to say your name on this podcast, you too can donate to us at the $10 or more level at patreon.com slash 2G1P. Mr. Rogers would have created if the internet was available in 1968. Next door. Courtesy of Best of Next Door. Hello, neighbors. This morning, our pet pig will be having her hooves trimmed. It's not her favorite, and as such, she will be making some pretty wild sounds. Just wanted to warn everyone in case they hear what they think is an animal being harmed. Around 10.30 to 11 a.m. this morning, it's just Panchetta making her point of annoyance. Picture for attention. I love pigs and I wish they weren't so delicious. Uh, Wow. Yeah. I mean, I've cut back significantly. But, wow, pig products, all of them, so good. Love a good ham. (laughs) Which, once again, makes me wonder if humans are very delicious. Truly, they must be. But when I was a child, before I stopped eating meat on my own through no volition of my parents, I just stopped. But before that, I really used to love the honey-baked ham at Christmas. I loved Mm. it so much because it's like candied meat. It is. It's so amazing. Yeah, honey-baked ham. Wow, the first time I went to a Christmas and discovered honey-baked ham, my world was rocked. I was like, this is what they've been keeping from us? (laughs) You're like, Jesus be praised. Oh, my God. Yeah. Willing, hashtag willing to convert. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) My daughter, as we're walking to school today, she's like, what what does keep Christ in Christmas mean? I'm like, okay, here we go. Uh, He's like, uh, I don't know how to tell you this, but Christians are now upset about us not using Christmas trees on everything. Like that's not a pagan symbol. <laughs> but, but right, um, think about how much context, so socio political religious context you would need to really explain why people need to feel the need to put that sign on their lawn <laughs> in 2022. I also heard the um on well this was on TikTok so who knows but I heard that 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 is actually a pagan 
song with Ukrainian roots. Whoa. Oh, right. Cool. Carol of the Bells is Ukrainian. I don't I don't know anything about the pagan roots, but yes, that, that that part of that sounds right to me, but I'm not an expert. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Uh, Lindsay and I are experts in boobs and dicks. What's the trivia? Yes, What's that is the answer? correct. <laughs> the world's oldest statue uh, expressive figurative art a carving that kind of like paints a picture and I'm using I'm mixing metaphors I think cave paintings have been around probably predate this but like a human being before civilization took an animal tusk and made this thing 40,000 years ago what is it uh, a mammoth tusk was it a a man with the head of a lion nobody chose that B a large-breasted woman with no head. Lindsay chose the boobs. C, a tiny mammoth in honor of the big mammoth where it came from. Nobody chose it. And of course, Allie uh, grabbed the D and stuffed it <laughs> directly into her uh, trivia answer wow, choice. Wow, I didn't know where you were going with that, and I was scared. Uh, it was, yep, it I, got like a little off the rails, but like, I'm yeah. down. I'm with you. <laughs> I'm, with brought, you. I'm, back in. I'm with right, you for okay. that journey. Okay. Uh, and uh, a very a spectacularly erect penis. Are you sticking with the answers? Do you need to change anything? No, I'm ready. Tell me what okay. it is. It was a hard choice, but I am indeed sticking with it. Amazing. <laughs> the correct answer is the Lowen Mensch is the Lion Man, oh, the oldest statue in the world. This was determined by carbon dating to be 35 to 40,000 years old, as I mentioned. Lion Man? Yeah, but did he have a big dick and maybe some like strong pectoral muscles? It's a great question. If you look him up, he's kind of just like a stick man. Like he's just kind of like, um, he's almost like a, like a bathroom symbol, like a male bathroom symbol. And honestly, it's Mensch is man in German, but it's kind of like lion person. I don't know that this figure necessarily has a gender. It's just like, you know. Yeah, it's just a lion icon. person. But then the lion head is extraordinarily detailed. And like, truly, this is like before art was like invented, basically. Uh, people were carving animal tusks and making art in caves uh, 40,000 years ago. An example of zoomorphic art, which I guess means like, we worship animals and we're combined putting animal heads on human bodies uh, carved out of mammoth ivory using a flint stone knife. Uh, seven parallel transverse carved gouges are on the left arm for some reason. That is uh, notable for some archaeological reason. I don't know much more. Uh, but yes, the Lohenmensch, the Lion Man of Ulm, Germany. Uh, pretty cool. Well, friends, is it time to welcome our guest? Is it? I hope so. Oh. She's here. Our guest today is a senior culture writer at TechCrunch and has their very own internet culture podcast called Wow If True. Everyone give a big internet welcome to Amanda Silberling. Hi, Amanda. Oh. Hello. I am imagining the biggest internet welcome. You know, everyone, every single one of our listeners just clap their hands together wherever they are, and I hope you felt it. <laughs> One of the great things about podcasting versus live shows. Live shows, you know, podcasting, you can imagine that it's a win every time. Every single time. Like, we're transcending time and space. Like, people are clapping in the future as we speak, and it's just like... <laughs> What's happening? For you, Amanda. For That's you. true. They are. I believe it. Like <laughs> Anybody remember that Janet Jackson song? No? Just me? Okay. Mm -hmm. No, no. No, okay, I, good, do. Good, I do. Good, 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 good. I'm with you. And so are all of our listeners <laughs> because we can imagine that they are. Yes. <laughs> well, Amanda, it is very exciting for us to have a lady in tech 
with us because as you know, it is not easy to get (laughs) visibility for the tech ladies. So I guess tell us just a little bit about yourself and how you came to be a tech lady. I think I kind of got into tech journalism on accident. I've always been a writer. I mean, I've written about a bunch of different topics, but I just happen to now be at a tech website. But I think I kind of got into tech journalism through my interest in digital culture. Like I've always been extremely online as a lot of millennials are. Like in elementary school, I would wake up early to play Club Penguin, which is like Club Penguin (laughs) is the metaverse. Let's tell it straight. Mm -hmm. Following it here. All of our listeners are original metaverse. For sure. Every all of your listeners love Club Penguin. Every single one. <laughs> that and is so I haven't thought about Club Penguin in so long. I came across a YouTuber recently who was like an old designer on Club Penguin and he like makes videos about what it was like designing Club Penguin and it's beautiful. We, we've tried to cover this. I was going to say Matt thinks about Club Penguin every day. I've never played it but I'm uh, obsessed with these types of games and metaverses, not kids games, but like we attempted to cover this, uh, <laughs> Ali might recall, and uh, could not find the, the guest. But please go on. If yeah, well, you can I'll back. have to come back for the yes, Club please. Penguin episode. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I've always just been really fascinated by kind of how digital culture is culture now. It's like internet culture and digital culture are kind of redundant terms. As I started writing for TechCrunch, I was like, okay, I'm not somebody who like cares about venture capital in general, but then it's like, okay, but the money is powering the way that people engage with the internet, as we can very clearly see from the way that very rich man shows up and decides he's going to buy a social media platform and then wreaks havoc on corporations and politicians and all of the people that use that platform. Digital discourse. Yeah. Yeah. It's very upsetting. <laughs> I I hate to say it, but um, sometimes business is interesting. And Ooh, yeah. Wow. That's Out the here hottest. stomping for capitalism. Sometimes the devil <laughs> is interesting. Oh my God. I've total. I've sold out. I, yeah. <laughs> I know how to read quarterly earnings reports now, which I, like I majored in English in college and went to school at a school that is extremely known for business. And I was always just Mm. like, boo, startups. And then now here I am writing for (laughs) TechCrunch. So that's my story. (laughs) Boo, startups. Well, I love that story. Some some (laughs) startups are good. Some startups are getting millions of dollars from Andreessen Horowitz for doing literally nothing. You know what? Yeah, I need to remind myself of this every day when I have imposter syndrome, that people with no talent are getting millions of dollars so fuck it all. Yeah, literally right. yep. the the biggest single investment from Andreessen Horowitz went to Adam Newman, the founder of WeWork, who reinvented office space. Yeah, that's true. We did not have offices before them. We, we didn't, oh, yeah, we didn't yeah, have, yeah. Office, I, I, offices didn't exist it. before Adam Newman. That's correct. But yeah, if Adam Newman can raise like, I don't know, something like $200 million, then you know, we're all doing great. We're all actually doing things in our jobs. I'm like Adam Newman. So <laughs> not only that, these men that fail spectacularly get money for their next thing. Yep. 
I like how you're like introduce yourself and I'm like, let me shit talk Adam Newman for 10 minutes. Into it. Into <laughs> he deserves it. it. He has, I mean, a lot of people are making money off of shit talking Adam Newman. It's true. That's we don't, true. <laughs> you know, but also yeah. let's pivot and shit talk Elon Musk. Now, well, here's the dilemma. As much as I would like to shit talk him, I don't know that he's actually going to, you know, bring Twitter down. But really curious for your thoughts. And then, of course, let's segue into what the fuck is Mastodon. Yeah, I'm worried about Twitter. I mean, I think we're all worried about Twitter. And I'm particularly worried because Twitter actually, before Elon Musk, like, they weren't a perfect platform, but they actually had pretty robust trust and safety teams. And now so much of that has gone to the wayside. And we're already seeing, like, people like anecdotally experiencing upticks in harassment and just like, I don't know. I mean, with all the advertisers fleeing Twitter, I've been getting some really weird ads on Twitter recently. And I'm like, it's a sign of the times. We got to get out of there. I I like the idea that um, the third quarter of 2022 is just, I'm really worried about Twitter. I think that's just, (laughs) that should be the banner for it. So, I mean, Twitter, we, we got to get out of there as soon as possible, but we don't know where to go. You know, money is evil, even though it's interesting. <laughs> what, what can you tell us about Mastodon and how we might be able to move there? Mastodon has had a huge uptick in users. It first came into like my personal public consciousness. Um, I don't know why I said my personal public consciousness. My personal consciousness because when Donald Trump was making his social media platform Truth Social, the developers at Truth Social literally just like ripped Mastodon's code and didn't credit it. And then Mastodon was like, hey, we're open source, but also um, you can't just not credit us. So from that anecdote, you can kind of guess that Mastodon is like a Twitter, not a clone, but very similar to Twitter. But the key difference between Mastodon and Twitter is that Mastodon is decentralized. And I don't mean that in like a crypto decentralized way, but just in a literal like it's part of a federated network of these like various social media platforms that they're all connected through ActivityPub, which is a decentralized social networking protocol, which is a bunch (laughs) of jargon, but is basically just like, that's the little universe that they're all operating in. So it's like, if you make a Mastodon account, then you also have an account on like any other social network in ActivityPub. This is all kind of confusing and not as straightforward as Twitter (laughs) because it is simply just confusing and not as straightforward as Twitter. I liked how I could feel the auditory pride and cringe of you knowing the ins and outs of these weird jargon <laughs> things that you just said. That was great. Thank you. Because I didn't understand it. <laughs> I didn't know until your article that Truth Social essentially stole Mastodon's code and didn't credit them. How did that pan out? Like what happened? After that happened, so Mastodon basically just published like an ultimatum, like you have to credit us or else we will like escalate this. And then Truth Social posted a page on their website that was like, we love the open source coding world on the internet. And like, open source code is so great. And we love this access to information. And they just like really leaned into it and then like credited Mastodon. But it was just very like, 
you're full of shit. What are you doing? And that was it? That was the end of the scandal? I mean, yeah, basically Truth Social just then credited Mastodon. I also love that their name is Truth and they oh started God. out with a giant lie. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, of course. I mean, and... surprising no one, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, you can retruth things. No. Nope. Instead of retweeting, you retruth. <laughs> It's, I am not joking. This is real. That makes them extra true if I'm reading this. Oh my God, re-truth. Wait, quickly, Amanda, I don't remember if I read this in your article or or somewhere else, but like maybe is there a way to to cut through the jargon by, by saying like email is decentralized. I can use AOL, you can use Gmail, and we can absolutely talk to each other, no problem. This podcast that your our listeners are hearing right now, someone might use iTunes, someone might use Spotify, but they're still accessing the same data. That's that's how I start to understand how Mastodon instances work. Is that accurate or am I missing, you know, help us get there if you can. Like, as you mentioned, Mastodon operates with instances, which instances is their word for servers. So like a lot of people are on a server called Mastodon social. There's like an information security server. That's something like Mastodon infosec. I don't remember the name, but it's essentially like, your username is your username at mastodon.social or like climatejustice.social was um, the server I initially signed up on. It's a little more complicated than email because an issue that has been arising even like in my personal use of Mastodon is that certain instances can be blocked at a server level. So let's say that you are, you're in server A and you think that server B sucks, then anybody in server A could not see server B if the admin decides that server B is blocked. Okay. Whoa. I like that though. Uh, that, that seems crazy, but that's a kind of, that's like high level high school pettiness. Yeah. And it gets complicated <laughs> because a lot of this is happening because like long-time Mastodon users are upset that suddenly all of the Twitter people are on Mastodon. And because they're new to the platform, they don't understand like the nuances of the culture and they're just kind of like, get off my lawn, which is valid. <laughs> but um, this is a very like angsty 90s sort of battle. Like I knew this band first and they were so much better before you knew about them (laughs) where it's like, they're still the same band. You could still like them even though other people know about them. Even like, I'm just saying my like personal experiences because I think it kind of reflects the issues that I and a lot of users are having on Mastodon. But like when I first signed up, I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just making an account on this thing. And I signed up for a climate justice instance, which like I think that like climate justice is great and important, but it was kind of a weird choice because that's not really what I post about or like what my professional life is involved in. It was just sort of like you had to make a choice. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I was just like, all right, sure. Climate justice. I can get behind that. Wish everyone could. Seems simple. Yeah. Yeah. And then I saw that a writer from, I believe, The New Yorker made a journalism server. And I was like, oh, that's cool. I want to hang out with the journalists. I'm a journalist. And then I made a new account on the journalism server. You can technically change what instance you are without making a new account and like migrate your followers, but it's a little annoying and tedious. And I had like one follower. So I was like, whatever, I'll just make a new account. 
then now there's problems with the journalism server. There was a New York Times article about it. The server is called journa.host because there was disagreements about people discussing articles about like like gender confirmation surgery for kids. And then people got into arguments and it just kind of devolved because you have unappointed, just random people deciding what the rules are. There was a bit of a shit show and then other servers blocked journa.host because they were worried about people in there being transphobic, which is a valid worry. But then it's just like, I'm just here and I'm like, I had nothing to do with this. And then now people I might want to talk to have me blocked because of other people's disagreement that I was not involved in. This is Shakespearean feuding. This is crazy. But that's that's a tale as old as time, but uh, what I'm what I'm hearing is a key difference between like if if a if a user is misbehaving on a forum, on a subreddit, in a Discord server, you block or ban the user. Same with Twitter or Facebook or any like modern social media. But here you're blocking all mutual server, shared server attendees or whatever you call them, members. That's a major difference because like you said, you're like, I'm not part of this. I'm just here, but you're blocked. That's different from like, I was a shithead on Reddit and the mods kicked me out. You know, like that's a fundamental change. Yeah. And I think the difference between something like Reddit and Mastodon is like on Reddit, maybe you're really active in like the subreddit for your favorite band, but your account is not tied to that subreddit. Like exactly, you're just sort of like, you can be in as many subreddits as you want. And on Mastodon, you can see posts from other users, no matter what instance you join, as long as that user's instance hasn't blocked you. But like, so it's like, in a sense, like a lot of people will say like, oh, it doesn't matter what instance you join, but it kind of does. Like, I guess you could say it doesn't because you can migrate your account and be done with it. But like, I don't know, like I'm, I'm kind of exhausted by the the drama in my instance and i'm just like i don't know what i'm doing i'm just dying with the twitter ship at this point (laughs) (laughs) well i just want i've said it before and i'll say it again i can't wait for black twitter to just come up with their own platform and we can all just go and hang out there that's the only (laughs) thing i'm really gonna miss yeah that's it and and millennials talking about being old in their 30s (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah i got podcast feedback one time from someone who emailed me and was like Love the podcast, but stop saying you're old. You're 26. (laughs) I'm like, yeah, but I'm old. I'm not Gen Z. I'm old in my soul. I know. I felt a lot of things when I found out that everybody started hating on Gen Z. And I was like, that means we're not the youngest. Yeah. Yeah. I I ate an avocado today. I'm a millennial. It's fine. (laughs) So I have a question for you. I don't know if you have any intel into this, but I assume it's a lot of liberals fleeing to Mastodon and then conservatives fleeing to Truth Social. So is this going to contribute to the polarization that we're already seeing? Well, I guess I'm not sure if conservatives are fleeing Twitter because in a sense, I think... Yeah, now they might not be. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that Elon Musk is kind of... He says he's a centrist, but then he... His actions don't really uh, affirm that. Yeah, I mean, I think that a lot of the people that are fleeing Twitter are people who are like, I disapprove of Elon Musk and his approach to what he believes is free speech, which is a whole other can of worms about what free speech is and isn't. But you know what I mean? The listener who we all um, can imagine (laughs) to be whoever. 
So yeah, I mean, I think it's more liberal leaning users that are going elsewhere. And then, I mean, there's Mastodon, there is Hive Social, there's Post.News, like there's all of these social media networks that are getting their time in the spotlight, but it's all just kind of up to time to see which will remain and which will die out. I mean, it seems like Mastodon is cool and and its own thing, but it doesn't seem like it's going to be a real replacement for Twitter. You know, in in it's kind of like the Reddit to Twitter, how it's going to be its own thing and people who can figure it out are going to get in there, but there's going to need to be something that has a lower barrier of entry for most people. Is there anything that's already out there that might step up to the plate in that way? Like, as I said, like, I personally am just sort of like, well, I guess I'm on Twitter and I'm just sort of gonna go down with the Twitter ship because it feels like there's really not a clear alternative. And a lot of the alternatives have issues like Mastodon is not user friendly. You have to be somebody who has some amount of tech savvy to use it. I think in our internet bubble, it's easy to be like, why are people so confused about this? It's not that hard. But then it's like, think about your parents. Like, I could not explain Mastodon to my parents if I tried. I have not tried, but it would not go over well. No. <laughs> and also, are your parents on Twitter? Actually, yes, they are. <laughs> oh, okay. I mean, hey, that more power to them. But yeah. I guess I'm wondering, like, I don't know that Twitter's user-friendly either because I, I do think the average person is like, my friends are on Facebook and that's where I go to see my peop- my friends and my coworkers. But on Twitter, it's like just you sign up and it's a shit show of news and celebrities and tra- pictures and guys. Right, but it's the like, sign up process is, is still a handful of clicks where it totally. sounds like Mastodon, even the sign up process, you have to make some choices. Perhaps. I guess that's a good point, but Twitter is definitely more user-friendly than Mastodon. And then there's Hive, which just passed a million downloads, but then... There are some issues there with what like is Hive, and does it have to do with Beyonce? If only imagine like a, a Beyonce fan only social media. Pack. That honestly, please, someone hey, make this. We yep. solved it. We did it. It's just people being like, "When are the Renaissance visuals coming out?" I cannot wait. Exactly. Hello, where are these videos? We are waiting. Yeah, yeah this is the real news story we needed to get to. Hive is an app. It's similar to Twitter. It also kind of has like a photo grid like Instagram. I believe there's like a team of like literally a handful of people are running it, which is kind of a a problem. And it's not their fault. Like it's hard to scale a company very, very quickly and hire new people when you're like, is this boost in popularity going to last? Whatever. But like I'm skeptical of Hive because it doesn't have two-factor authentication. I am a journalist who people harass on the internet because I say what my politics are. (laughs) And I need security on any social platform where I'm sharing my work and building a following. And it just kind of feels like it's a little too early for Hive. But I'm also like sympathetic to the fact that it's like a few people that just sort of had this like unprecedented, unnatural uptick in interest. I don't know. The Hive people seem to be having fun. (laughs) And then Post News is basically trying to like capitalize on the journalism aspect of Twitter, where it's just like a bunch of coastal liberal media elites, as I call myself like a coastal liberal media elite. 
all of us little blue checks hanging out and like tweeting about how Donald Trump is bad and stuff. And uh, to be a coastal liberal media elite, <laughs> truly, I it say is- that with like dripping with sarcasm. But, I know, but I, I see yeah. it dripping with the elitism that I love. Yeah. <laughs> but then, so I mean, post dot news is trying to be like, what if we get all of the journalists and the news sources on here and then help them monetize? But like, that's a really ambitious goal and their business model has a lot of problems, <laughs> not necessarily problems, but like, okay, this is only going to work if publishers buy in and like publishers aren't buying in yet. And you're still in beta and you launched two weeks ago. We've gone around this merry-go-round 50 times with every other platform. Oh, yeah. put your news here and then you'll monitor up. Oh, nope. We're canceling that. That didn't work. You know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. I mean, I think it is just a carousel of all the different social networks, which I think is why I'm just like, personally, I'm tired. I'm just still shit posting on Twitter and hoping for the best. <laughs> no, uh, we were talking about this in our discord for the show uh, of like, oh, the narrative is like, what's going to replace Twitter? How can we ever have another? Tw-? It's like, maybe we don't need to replace these. Maybe the internet is go is becoming more decentralized, distributed, again, not in the crypto bro way, but in the like, hey, you're on this Discord and I'm over here in this subreddit and and here's my sub stack and you can get it with any platform. Like, we don't need to create another shouty social network. I just want to go, like you said, Amanda, where my favorite sports team or movie people are, you know? And that's that's what the World Wide Web was, which is why I, I'm hopeful for Mastodon, but maybe it's too soon to know if that's really a trend. But I think a lot of people are on these platforms for the amplification, which yes. Mastodon and other decentralized platforms inherently don't have. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Allie's like, how can I get my followers up if well, <laughs> it's not being pushed? Not it's a like, joke. what What do you want? <laughs> do you want a community or do you want to be famous? And those are two different goals for two different types of users. And so... And the answer is yes, Matt. Yes. <laughs> I want community and fame. I want my community to know that I'm famous. I mean, yes. Listen, exactly. I, would, I would love to know not do social media ever booking agents and managers want look it. at your social media account yeah. now and that's mm-hmm. the way of sure. the world so it's like right. i just want to work yeah also i feel like maybe my millennial is showing but um, can you cover up your millennial is showing <laughs> you know what free the millennial it's showing and you're gonna have to deal with it but oh like i only i only go to these other platforms basically from instagram it's like i have things that i follow that collect all of the tweets from the people that I would like, and I don't have to go to Twitter. It's just collected on Instagram for me. Thank you. You know, and I feel like there's got to be a way that we can do that. And maybe it's just Instagram. Instagram is already sort of like, what, what are the kind of monsters that eat everything around them? It's already Snapchat. It's already like got that vibe. So you can you can just make it Twitter too. Can't Instagram just be Twitter, Snapchat, and Instagram all at the same time? Mm-hmm. I feel like but that's... But then we just have another egomaniacal billionaire controlling us. You can't escape. It's really funny that you Elon, truly Musk, can't. Elon Musk makes Mark Zuckerberg look good. It's incredible. It's <laughs> unbelievable. Well said. Holy shit, yeah. Mm. I mean, he, he makes literally anyone look good because he has so much money and so little common sense. It's unbelievable that he made it this far without yeah. 
dying accidentally. It's on. <laughs> I, I just. I mean, especially because he has two guns on his nightstand, apparently, which doesn't seem uh, safe what? to me. But you're literally insane the first three seconds you wake up. So hopefully he'll just accidentally shoot himself. Oh. <laughs> He has guns on his nightstands. What? Oh well, no comment on that last comment. But <laughs> but, but yeah, he tweeted a picture um, earlier this week of his nightstand, and it was like two guns, a picture of a painting, I think, and then like four caffeine-free diet coke cans. Oh my god! And his comment was like, "Yes, I know. I have no coasters. That's a problem." But it was just like, you're going to sleep with a gun next to your nightstand, like why? unsecured, and you have 40 kids. Like, wow, <laughs> this is not safe. I know, like, literally nothing about guns, but. But Yikes. here's the thing I still think we on the left like to think that he's such a buffoon and he's going to burn it to the ground, but he has successful companies. Yeah, well, Glass Onion spoilers, he's the Edward Norton character, and now you can all go watch it and know that I think that. I should watch Glass <laughs> Onion, but yeah, I mean, was a Tesla has a history of promising things and then those promises not coming to fruition. But also, he's playing the Trump-Kanye crazy bullshit game of like, does he really sleep with guns next to him? I don't know. But tweeting a picture of that sure will get people right. talking about Elon Musk. And that's the whole fucking game. That's yeah. the yeah. zero sum game that he plays. What's what's a little bit scary is that I think that Elon Musk is a little bit less crazy than Kanye and Donald Trump. Like, mm -hmm. I think that Kanye is legitimately unwell and has been for decades. And I think that Donald Trump is crazy in like a more historically prevalent way. But Elon Musk is just a little bit Looney Tunes, but knows how to exploit himself right. <laughs> for gain. Right. You know, yes. all these other yeah. people aren't actually good at exploiting themselves. Like Donald Trump and, and Kanye are just getting exploited by other people and still coming out on top somehow. But Elon Musk is the person exploiting himself and his own insanity, which is like a true magic act. Yeah, I think he's very good at crafting a narrative that people want to believe in, but then you sort of realize that there's not that much substance behind the narrative where it's like, Tesla is going to save the world by having more people using like renewable energy. And then Twitter is going to save the world because he's going to end the quote unquote woke mind virus, whatever that means, even though the woke mind virus is just like thinking that treating people with respect and dignity is important, which I know absolutely wild. I think that you should use the pronouns that people want you to refer to them with wild, insane. Well, also, it's like it's not, in my opinion, woke madness. I do think both sides are really extreme and I think someone needs to find the center or give center needs to be reborn. But going back to Mastodon, I know it's had this influx of new users. Do you know anything about like, are they sticking around or are they just signing up for this thing? And then that's kind of petering out. I know you were saying there's a lot of like, get off my lawn. Are they sticking around? I think it's hard to say since it's so soon, but I've heard that like, from what I've seen, people post on Twitter, apparently the InfoSec Mastodon is popping. But that makes sense because people that are professionals in InfoSec are like not going to have an issue with right. the not as user friendliness of Mastodon because they're like 
coding all day or whatever. <laughs> I don't know. I know they don't actually write code, but I'm just imagining but, that. <laughs> but that's you're, you're piggybacking on Ali, adding to Ali's question, like, we, the four of us in this conversation are not normal people. You've got two actors and two media people who want to <laughs> like, you know, to put stuff on the internet. I, I'm trying to understand, like, I think most normal people who are not us are just like, I just want to talk about movies on the internet. Where do I go? Twitter sucks. Facebook sucks because, you know, my, my crazy uncle's there. So like, is Mastodon for them or no, uh, it's too, too complicated, too technical for normal people? And to Ali's point, are are normal people sticking around or is it just bleeding edge infosec, Twitter uh, escapees? I feel like it's probably people that are already very into Twitter that are going to Mastodon. It's funny when we talk about Twitter because like it's actually not that dominant of a social platform. Like in their last quarterly earnings report before they became a private company with a sole owner, I believe it was like around 250 million monetizable daily active users. What does that mean? That's just their weird metric, but daily active users, essentially. Facebook has like over a billion daily active users. And I believe TikTok has over a billion monthly active users. So it's like Twitter's actually not that big. And it's mostly like people like us who are in entertainment and media or politics and just kind of seems like it's bigger because like politicians are using it. When a celebrity tweets something, yeah, yeah. It, it gets on the news because it's it's a public facing blog. It's not an insular community like a uh, Discord server or a subreddit. And yeah that, yeah, that artificial magnification makes it more important than it is, which is why billionaires buy, you know, railroad tycoons buy newspapers. They're not profitable. They never have been profitable, but they control mm -hmm. the narrative about, oh, all this railroading and oil build, you know, stuff I'm doing. Well, now we have a billionaire who has control of the public media cycle, the public discourse, even if it is not truly as big as uh, we pretend it is. There is a reason why Twitter has an amplification. Like It is a big deal that you have government officials worldwide using Twitter to deliver news to their constituents. Like that's not something small, but it's still just like, it's not a Facebook. Yeah. I guess my other question is, if this is just about, as Matt was saying, returning to like people on the internet who like to discuss their favorite whatever, then what hole is Mastodon filling that, for instance, subreddits don't and Discord? I mean, I think that's a good point. And that's maybe why I personally haven't really felt like Mastodon filled any void for me. I mean, even though I guess Mastodon is different from a Discord because you can post something. And then like, if I post something in a private Discord, somebody else in another Discord won't see it. But on Mastodon, the instance banning issues aside, like anyone can see your posts. So it does have a larger reach maybe, but it's different. M mechanically, how would they see it? So you have different types of news feeds on Mastodon. You can have the feed of people that you follow, people that are in your instance, and then you can have a feed of just like everybody. Okay. So there's like, you can toggle between different ways of looking at your feed and seeing like different lists of people and whatnot. So if I'm in the InfoSec uh, Mastodon and the Climate Justice Mastodon and the Movies Mastodon, but I follow you, Amanda, I can just kind of look at my feed and see what you are sharing, even if you're not in the 
instances that I am also in. Is that accurate? Well, you can you can only be in one instance, which is like the issue kind oh, of in really? my opinion. What? Yeah, okay. which is which is why it's like you sort of have to like choose your identity. That's and then... weird. What the but fuck? But you can switch. Think... You can switch, right? Okay. Yeah. But yeah, you have to choose one to join with. Yeah, so it's like if I'm in climate justice and you're in infosec, we can follow each other and we can tweet at each other, not tweet, but we can like post to each other and see each other's posts. But then like if InfoSec decides we hate climate justice, then if they <laughs> ban climate justice, which I feel like I'm kind of like giving dispro- disproportionate attention to this particular issue. But like it is an issue that you sort of have to be like really proactive and wise about where you choose to join. Mm-hmm. And it's really hard to expect users to have that kind of foresight on a platform that they've never used before because this is their first time making an account. Right. Platforms used to do that. Twitter and Facebook were like, connect with your friends, find your people. What topics do you like? And now they're just like, here's the algorithms. We already know what you like. We've been tracking you for 10 years. Here's, yeah. here's Kanye. Like, and, and they just set you up. And this sounds like a more web 1.5 kind of world, which I like, but again, you, like you're saying, is not it's not what people are accustomed to, which is why we can't have nice things, I guess. Yeah. And I mean, I think like Mastodon is a really cool platform. Like, I think it's really cool that they're an open source, nonprofit social media platform. And I think a big problem with the way that social media impacts culture is that these are for profit corporations that are acting in the interest of money rather than in the interest of like public good. Being a nonprofit and being open source just positions Mastodon differently. But I'm just not totally sold on will Mastodon be the new Twitter? Because the reason why these centralized social media platforms become popular is because they're easy. Yeah. I think ease is the main way we need to get people in there. So somebody please make something easy enough where you can... Twitter became huge because it was 140 characters. That's it. And you got to go. And this be real thing that <laughs> Gen Z is into, it's easy. It, that's why people, yeah. people want something easy. You can't I'm, fuck Gen Z, Matt, because you're gonna, married. I'm just being an elderly <laughs> But I can. Hi, Gen Zers. Hit me up. <laughs> A bit Only cougary, the legal ones. Only yes. the legal ones. Uh, <laughs> I think we should, yeah, look forward to the app that's as easy as apparently I am. So... <laughs> So that, that is the, the overall message that I received from our chat with you today, Amanda. <laughs> hey, your words, not mine. <laughs> I support, I concur, I reinforce. So many t-shirts we got out of this episode. Yeah, can't amazing. Well, thanks for having me. This was very fun. Thank you. Thank you. Wow, what a true delight to talk to someone who's exactly like us. <laughs> you know, I got to be honest, I'm probably not going to join Mastodon. I barely tweet, and I need to tweet more, and throwing another one into the mix just sounds upsetting to me personally. As someone who barely tweets, I feel like I would be willing to jump ship and go somewhere else. I have I have no, you know, skin significant the, president. Yeah, skin in the game, yeah. Presidents? Mm-hmm. I have no significant mm. presence on on Twitter or any significant presidents that I follow. <laughs> um, but that it's too hard. There's no void in my life and actually things would be that any holes that I have would be closed. That sounded more sexual what than I wanted happening? it to. If, if all of these things went away, I would feel right. complete. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. A, a truly. I would love that. Can't wait for society to collapse. Thanks to Elon Musk. No, I don't want it to collapse. I just want a. I want a little bit of the internet to con- collapse. Not all of it. It's impossible. Mm-hmm. Just a little bit. It, the thing is, what we need to do collectively as a society is break is... up Ticketmaster. No, that's going to be a different, different time, different episode. <laughs> Go on. Totally separate. <laughs> no, on. I think we just have to recommit to reality, which is a thing that is. <laughs> It's happening. It's happening to real life. It's true. Like, you know, young people are into it. They think it's cool to be, you know, (laughs) hanging out together in real life. life. Yeah. And I mean, not all of them, but it's like the alt scene. It's not just listening to lady singer songwriters like it was for us. It's like being outside, (laughs) going (laughs) to the movies together. It's like so cool. You know, when that whole what was that? That 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 minions, those minions boys suiting yeah, up. Yeah, when they all got up. Yeah, and, and they all got they're in going suits somewhere. I love that. Oh, trend. yes, gentle, gentle minions. It was of a course, delightful trend. That's the thing. They're they're like, let's do something. So I, I think we'll get there eventually. But oof, we just yeah, recommit to reality, people. That's that's the the phrase of the season. I'm into it. Come see Love Isn't Blind. Upcoming show dates are at loveisn'tblind.co. It's a real show in real life. In real life. There's a subreddit called r slash outside. Have I ever shared that with either of you? No, I love that. I think you have, but go on. It's um, thousands of people who are pretending that going outside is an MMO video game and and all the posts are like, the graphics are amazing. <laughs> I started on a weird server. Like it's like the Asia server and we don't have as much like gold here, but uh, I'm thinking. I think you've told me this story before and I love it so, all over. It's so funny. Should we come on the podcast and just talk about outside? I, I, I would love that if you're into it. Yeah. <gasps> I'm Our into it. Go pitch it, Matt. I'm into it. Oh okay. my gosh. I would love that. That's hilarious. That's like literally my type of humor. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. You would not believe. They, it was like truly. 4D. The smells were amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. You could really yeah. smell the flowers. You know what else is kind of bringing back real life? What? Wait, wait for it. The word's mm-hmm, gonna mm-hmm. come to my brain. Okay. Right, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm gonna put a drum roll in here. Geocaching! Hey! hey. <laughs> I did it. We did that together one day and we were outside. We And it was mildly successful. Did we post a picture to the Discord? We did. It? We posted some okay. videos to the Discord too. Discord.gg slash 2 g one <laughs> um, and if there are other things that you do in real life <laughs> that you want to share with us, even though this show is all about the internet, please drop us a line in the Discord. Give us a call. That number is 347-871-6548. That number again, 347-871-6 You can leave a voicemail about your real life activities and we will listen to it. I actually really want to hear people's thoughts on the Elon Musk Twitter Mastodon situation. Mm-hmm. So you can also leave us those thoughts. Yeah, you can also email us the thoughts. And give us an idea of what you think might be the next social media quick back and forth platform to replace Twitter. And that email address is 2G1podcast at gmail.com. Oh, yes. Please join our Patreon. Money is evil, but as you heard here first... It's interesting sometimes. So give some of it to us so that we can continue to be interesting for you. Uh, oh. Our Patreon mm. is patreon.com slash 2G1P. We should get the domain.com, C-A-L-M. 
right? Uh, it, uh, uh, and that'll just be confusing to everyone. Does anyone right? have that? Dot com. Yeah, you, and, and you could make any TLD that you want. Yeah, we can. We, I'm sure someone else has thought of that. Can you? I was kind of thinking love isn't blind should be love isn't blind dot XO. Yeah. But yeah, would love to hear people's thoughts on the situation. So hit us up. You can also follow me across social media. I am most active on TikTok, but I'm at Allie, A-L-L-I underscore G-O-L-D-I. I am at The Lindsay Life, L-I-N-D-S-E-Y, across all platforms. And I am not that active, but I guess most active on Instagram. What up, millennials? We're cool. <laughs> all right. And what about Matt? This might be something that you are interested in. Uh, I can't remember if I shared it with you, but um, briefly, my daughter, Amelia, uh, we have a YouTube channel. And she is, over the last year or so, she's become absolutely ruthlessly obsessed with Harry Potter, as I think both of you also are. No, Is that correct? I love great. this. That's great. Every book, every audiobook, every movie, back and forth 16 times. And we have been spending the last few months making this like extremely comprehensive like recap <laughs> video where she explains every book and every movie exhaustively in one YouTube video. So if you're a Harry Potter fan, you're not afraid of spoilers. Obviously, these movies are like 25 years old by now. Are they? Like, I'm biased, but it's so fucking funny. And <laughs> we're, it's, if you are a fan of this stuff, um, you will get a kick out of it. So head over to Free Dad Videos uh, on YouTube. Just search for it, or it's, I think it's youtube.com slash Free Dad Videos. I can't wait to watch those. This is very cute. I'll send it to you, or I'll put in the show notes for listeners, Discord, and, um, I think you both uh, will enjoy it because we have talked about, oh, Harry Potter lore and what about this twist and that twist? And she has covered all of it in a really funny way. Great job, little Matt. We're proud of it. She's very proud. Okay. You're hooking her on the internet nice and young. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, she, she, she is not a user. Let's say this. She's not a user of the internet, but she is a, uh, a public a figure participant, perhaps. <laughs> yeah. She She's a participant. Oh, well, this is great. Friends, I had a delightful time with you today, as always, and we hope to see you again next week on the podcast. Bye. Bye. Two Girls, One Podcast is hosted by Allison Goldberg and Lindsay Ford, then placed on Elon Musk's night table next to three AK-47s, I mean produced by Matt Silverman in New York City. This episode was edited by Avital Ayler. Production assistance is provided by the Podglomerate. This show is a production of The Daily Dot, the number one source for in-depth reporting about life on the internet. The Podglomerate. A Sonic Universe.